Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Lux presents Hollywood. Lever Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes, bring you the Lux Radio Theater. Starring Gene Crane, William Holden, and Edmund Gwen in Apartment for Peggy. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeling. from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you will stay tuned to this station after the Lux Radio Theater to hear President Truman open the Red Cross campaign. But before that, we have a drama right off the front page. It's Apartment for Peggy, a delightful romantic comedy of the war veterans who've gone back to school and of their wives blithely rearing babies in trailers with complete confidence in tomorrow's America. Faith Baldwin wrote the story, 20th Century Fox produced the picture, and our stars are the same trio who made the film one of the best-liked comedies of recent months. Gene Crane, William Holden, and Edmund Gwen. There are thousands of modern pioneers like the one Gene Crane plays tonight, and they're scattered on campuses from Maine to California. Like other homemakers, they've discovered Lux Flakes. And when they choose Lux Flakes for their households, they're making the right start. Now, apartment for Peggy and Act One. Starring Jean Crane as Peggy, William Holden as Jason, and Edmund Gwen as Professor Barnes. It's about ten o'clock at night. And in a small Midwestern college town, Professor Edward Bell, dean of the law school, has a visitor, his old friend, Professor Barnes. Hope I'm not disturbing you, Edward. Well, I'm... No, no, Henry. Come on in. Oh, you are busy, aren't you? It's this housing problem. Oh. Henry, it's a mess. All these veterans, most of them married, some of them with children. Where are they going to live? Well, I have a little problem, too, Edward. You? Yes, it's just that I'm planning to commit suicide, and I'd like some legal advice about... Suicide? Henry, Henry, is, is this your idea of a joke? A joke? Committing suicide is a very serious matter. Are you insane? Coming here and telling me you're going to kill yourself? <laughs> Not so loud, Edward. It's nothing to get excited about. Henry, to commit suicide is wrong. Morally, ethically, philosophically wrong. I'm an exception, Edward. Now, firstly, I'm of no earthly use to society whatsoever. Oh, that's absurd. Society needs men like you desperately. Well, then society has a most unusual way of demonstrating it. Now, eight years ago, this university retired me. They put my portrait in the library, patted me on the back, said, in effect, thank you, 
You are no longer needed. But, Henry, even if you are retired, you have things to say, books to write. Yes, yes, that's true. And I've been writing such a book. If all goes well, I'll have it completed in three weeks, at which time I'll do away with myself. Oh. You might call it a sort of deadline. Honestly, Henry, I'm, I'm so choked. I no, 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 Edward, Edward, be sensible. Why should I continue to consume good food and occupy precious space which would feed a house somebody still capable of contributing to this dubious thing we call civilization? But you just can't! That, 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 Edward, you're shouting again. Now, you simply must calm down. One of my dearest friends says he's going to kill himself when you ask me to be calm. Oh, you're too upset to discuss it. I'll just run along. Ed. No, no. Not until you've promised me you'll, you'll do nothing about this horrible idea until I've spoken with you again. But I just told you, Edward, the date is at least three weeks off. You, you wouldn't deceive me, Henry. No, no, no. Of course not, of course. Now, 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 you try and get a good night's rest now. Now, that's right. There, there, go on. Oh, dear, I never dreamed he'd take it this way. <laughs> Of course, Edward told me. And since I happen to be your physician as well as your friend, Henry, I, I'm simply amazed at your attitude. You have so much to be thankful for. You're in excellent health. You're on an adequate pension. Now tell me, when did you first become aware of this mental depression, this Philip, bitterness? I'm not bitter. I'm not depressed. Life has been most kind to me. While Cecily was alive, we had a most wonderful marriage. I've had love, companionship... Beauty, joy. Ah, but that's all past. Well, I'm not complaining, Mark. You, I'm, I'm only being logical. Oh, by the way, I haven't been sleeping too well lately. I'd, I'd like to have some sleeping pills. Now, you don't think I'd be that foolish, do you? Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, now, believe me. Such a method never entered my head. It did mine. Oh. Oh, very well, then. I'll get them elsewhere. No, no, no. Here. I'll give you two but no more. But if I had a full prescription, I wouldn't have to keep bothering you. No more. Oh, very well, Philip. Uh, where are you going? Now? Yeah. Oh, just for a little walk around the campus. Would you like to come along? I'd like to very much, but I have four appointments, and then I'm supposed to be at the hospital at exactly... In other words, society needs you, Philip. <sighs> You're a lucky man. Share the bench, Pop? Huh? Oh, no. No, no, no. Gee, I'm sure glad this bench is here. Do my feet hurt? Well, I don't wonder. Those shoes. Oh, oh, it's not the shoes. I've been looking for an apartment. Jason and I are simply going nuts. Apartment? Jason? Uh huh. Jason's my husband. We're going to have a baby, too. Baby? How old are you? Nineteen. You know, you sure remind me of Pop. My dear young lady, I find great difficulty in following your conversation. Oh, everybody does. Jason says I play mental leapfrog. Who is Pop? Your father? Grandfather. Oh, that's always the case. I either look like somebody's baby or somebody's grandfather. Oh. oh, but that's the nicest thing I could say about anybody. Pop was a wonderful guy. He died just before Jason and I got married. Oh. Well, your husband, uh, is he a student here? You can say that again. Gee, he's a wonderful guy. Oh, I bet you think I'm wacky raving on about my husband. Oh, much more laudable than raving about someone else's husband. You are like Pop. You know, I like you. Oh, thank you. Uh... Well, uh, 
<clears throat> I, I'm afraid I'll have to be Anything of an apartment or a basement or a kennel. Oh, honest, I'd love you till my dying day. Of course, it can't cost too much because I'm not working anymore. All we've got is Jason's GI allotment, and, you know, that isn't an awful lot. Oh, where are you living now? One of the trailers. But we've got to get up because Virginia's had her baby. With a boy and weight, eight pounds and two ounces. Forgive me, but I... I just don't understand why you should be homeless... Because some infant weighs over eight pounds. Well, you see, when Virginia went home to have her baby, Clyde moved in with Jack Hoyt and let us have their trailer. But now Virginia's coming back, so we've got to get out by Saturday. Oh. For a moment, it sounded as if you could have remained if the baby had weighed only seven pounds. <laughs> well, I can only suggest you consult the housing administrator. Him? Oh, I don't think the old creep even looks at the application. Young lady, I am not familiar with your usage of the word creep. Professor Bell is a most conscientious man and a friend of mine. A friend of yours? Yes. You mean you've got suction over there? Suction? Pull, drag, you know. If you're suggesting that I use my influence, the answer is no. Oh. However, I'll, I'll call Professor Bell and acquaint him with your predicament. Oh, thanks. Gee, I haven't even introduced myself. I'm Peggy Taylor. How do you do? I'm Dr. Barr. A doctor? Oh, well, then you can tell me. Some mornings I wake up and I feel like I swallowed a bucket of worms, and yet other times... <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm a doctor of philosophy. I once taught here. You know, you smile just like Pop, too. You should smile more often. Oh, I wish there were more to smile about. Oh, no, not you, too. That's what half the people around here are saying. Whole world's going to the dogs. Nobody's got a chance. Might as well commit suicide. Well, in many instances, I consider suicide completely justifiable. Oh, now, wait a minute. How can suicide be a solution of anything? Well, I'll give you an example. A hypothetical case... An old man is alone in the world. His work is finished. Uh -huh. He's contributing nothing. Yeah. His only future is a daily repetition of the useless present. Why not suicide? Well, that's easy, because it wouldn't change anything. The gentleman would be dead. Most people consider that quite a drastic change. Well, what makes Mr. Hypothetical think he's living now? I just said he is living. I mean, really living. Well, if he's just sitting around moping, thinking of reasons why he should knock himself off, well, he's dead as a dodo already. Keepers the time. Well, well, don't forget to call the housing administrator. Be seeing you, Pop. Huh? Oh. Hmm. What makes Mr. Hypothetical think he's living now? seeing you now, Mrs. Taylor. Professor Barnes hadn't asked me to. He recommended me, huh? See, I told you he was a friend of mine. Even if he were your own father, I'd be just as helpless. There simply are not enough rooms to go around. Maybe you're not aware of this, Professor Bell, but a recent survey among the students showed that 27% of us expectant mothers on this campus have no real place to live. 27%? Good heavens. I don't want anything elegant. Just a roof and four walls. Well, Grace Lovett told me that during the war you had 680 men here. Where did you put them? In garages, backs of stores, basements. But where they stayed could hardly be called living quarters. As a matter of fact, well? a couple of Navy boys lived for a while with your friend Dr. Barnes. What? They stayed in his attic. Wasn't livable. Why, the old fraud. What do you mean to tell me he's got an empty attic and he didn't even tell me about it? What's his address? Now, 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 not so fast. Dr. Barnes wants to be alone. Oh, my grandfather used to get like that once in a while, too. Well, sometimes I'd cheer him up half a dozen times a day. Oh, you're an angel, Professor. Thanks, Lord. Sorry I'm late for lunch, honey. Well, how do you feel? If I were having twins, I'd feel twice as good. Oh, you're wonderful, Peggy. 
In a couple of days, we'll be out on the street, but you Jason, just... Jason, maybe we won't be out on the street. I've got a prospect. Oh, sure, I know. It's an old phone booth, and we only have to share it with four other couples. It's an attic. An attic? Great. You uh, know why I was late just now? Professor Collins wanted to talk to me. He said if I come back to school next if year... If you come back? You mean when you come back? Well, there's plenty of time to talk about oh, that. Oh, no, sir. We'll talk about it right now. If you think for one little second after all we've Well, done let me thing. tell you what Collins said, will you? He said if and when I come back to school next fall, he thinks maybe he can wangle me a job as a teaching assistant. Jason! Well, just a minute. You know what a teaching assistant gets? They pay him off in box Oh, time. I don't care if you have to pay them. They want you. It's a start. Yeah. Then on the way here, I stopped by the post office. Got a letter from Bill Dudley. Bill Dudley's a dope. Bill Dudley happens to be averaging 150 bucks a week selling used cars. And he thinks he can get me a job at the same place. So what? Well, do you know in a recent survey, 64% of all the used car salesmen said they wish they'd gone into some other field. You made that up. You're always making up statistics. Why? You'd be surprised how many arguments I win with my statistics. And I get in the spot and I just say, uh, 36% or, or 400 million. Nobody ever bothers to check up. They just say, my, I never realized it was that much. And when I walk away, they think I'm very smart. And a little wacky, too. Come to think of it, you're completely wacky. But don't ever get sane, darling. Don't ever change. Jason, my... My, my husband wants his coffee. The heck with him. Let him wait. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, imagine you all alone in this, in this great big house. It happens to be a rather small house. Professor Barnes, why didn't you tell me you had room for Jason and me? But I haven't. No one could possibly live in that attic. What about during the war? Well, that was an emergency. Well, what do you think this is? They stayed up there for just one week. Months later, those two boys wrote to me from Iwo Jima. They said life there was terrible. But not nearly as bad as my attic. I'll bet they never lived in a trailer. All right, all right. Now, come on upstairs. I'll show you the attic. There. Now, see for yourself. There's the attic. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, it's nothing but the inside of a dirty roof. Too cold in winter, too hot in the summer. It's utterly impossible. Are you satisfied? Am I satisfied? Why, why it's perfect. No, 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 no. I didn't mean that. This attic is not for rent. You mean we can have it for free? You what? won't take any money? Oh, you're an angel. I know you will. Mrs. Taylor, the attic is not available. Not for gratis and not for money. I'm leaving here in three weeks. I'll be gone by the first of March. Well, we'll be caretakers then. Oh, I promise to keep out spotless. And when you get back... I'm not coming back. I'm leaving permanently. Oh. Well, well, we'll just have to make it sort of a temporary arrangement then. Tell me, do you like organy curtains or dotted swiss? Now, Jason always says that he... Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus... What did you say, Doctor? I didn't say anything. I was swearing. Yeah, Jason always swears when he hangs curtains, too. Now, let's see. The first thing I'll have to do in his own house. Oh, 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 this is ridiculous. It's, it's... Mr. and Mrs. Taylor! Can't you please be a little quiet? I'm trying to... Oh, no, 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 the lights have gone out. Oh. Who turned the lights up? Oh, oh Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, ah, Numbers, ah, Deuteronomy, ah, Joshua, ah, Judges, Rupert... 
I'm down here. on the other ends of those three cords. You had three more three-way plugs. You had a nine-way plug. That's what you had. Well, Devin, there are some candles on the mantel. If you don't mind striking a match. Oh, oh, sure, Professor. There we are. I guess your lights blow out all the time, huh? The lights never blow out. So why do they call it a three-way plug if it won't take three? Why don't they just put a sign on it and say, you can use these two, but this one is for decoration or something. Look, it will take three, but you had nine. Oh, yeah, oh. Well, it's easily fixed. Where's the fuse box? Fuse box? Oh, fuse... Well, I guess it's one of those thingamajigs on the kitchen porch. Now, let me borrow one of these candles. Yeah. You know, it's really a good thing this happened. You should always know where the fuse box is and inspect it regularly. Oh. Why, do you know that 22% of all fires in homes are caused by worn-out fuses? You don't say. <laughs> My, I... I guess it was a blessing in disguise then, eh? The basement lights are still working, but I can't find a fuse. Oh, he can't find a fuse. Well, I'll go down to the drugstore and get one. Drugstore? Young man, you don't buy aspirin from an electrician, do you? Well, any place that sells tires on credit is bound to carry a fuse or two. I'll be right back, honey. Gee, Pop, this is a pretty room. Yes. Yes, it was our living room. But I do think the sofa would look much better closer to the window. Look, I'll show you. My dear young lady, this room was decorated and arranged by my wife. She was a woman of great taste and culture, and to me, this room reflects her character. Also, it represents a portion of my life during which I was most happy. It will not be changed. Okay, Pop, okay. I'll, I'll move it back. Thank you. Shall I light the fire? It'll give us more light. Oh, well, it heh, might be rather than that. I'll do it. Who's this, Pop? This photograph, I mean. Oh, it's my son. Where is he now? Dead. The war. Oh, this war? No, the other one. But aren't all wars the same? That's what Pop always said, and ain't it the truth. Do you, uh, do you mind if I play the piano? Oh, no. No, my dear, I'd... I'd rather enjoy it. Oh, I'm not very good, really. Huh? Lovely. Lovely. What'd you say, Pop? It's a dog. Come on in, boy. Come on. Peggy, look at him. Who does he remind you of? Nicodemus! Whoa! Well, look at him, Pop. I had a dog exactly like this once. He came to our door one night, so Pop called him Nicodemus, because like in the Bible, Nicodemus came to... Well, Jason, who does he belong to? Well, that's a wonderful part of it. Nobody. Druggist says he just hangs around the store. You mean we can have him? You may not have him, at least not while you're in this house. There are too many distractions here already. I'll teach him not to bark. Oh, I promise. Yeah, don't worry, Professor. She has a way with dogs. Good. Then let her show him the way out of here. Oh, Pop, please. At least for a couple of days until I can find a home oh, for Oh, very her. well. Very well. Then fix the light so so I can at least see what the beast looks like. Oh, I'm sorry. Does he have to make all that racket? What's the matter with him? Oh, it's nothing. He probably just fell off the cat. 
Do you mean to tell me you have a cat up there? Oh, sure. We have one in the trailer. We have mice. There are no mice in this house. I wouldn't be too sure about that, Pop. I think I saw one in here before. Young woman, if you saw a mouse, you brought him along, too. And if you have any statistics on mice, you can... Oh, a telephone, Pop. Want me to answer? Well, if you just direct your attention to keeping that dog quiet, I'll... Hello. This is Philip Henry. What are you mad at? Oh, Philip, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt your writing? I was just curious about what Edward told me. He says you've taken in a G.I. couple. I have not only taken in a G.I. couple, I have also taken in a G.I. dog, a G.I. cat, and very probably a G.I. mouse. <laughs> and you can tell Edward if he's any friend of mine, he'll find me a room to live in. <laughs> Our stars will return with Act Two of Apartment for Peggy in a moment. Now, here's our Hollywood reporter, Libby Collins. John, can you imagine a man winning a modern house with every kind of push-button imaginable and wishing it had been a tobacco pouch instead? Hmm, uh, what does his wife say? Well, of course, she and their 15 children move right in. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just one reason Universal International's new picture, Ma and Paw Kettle, is so terribly funny. Percy Kilbride as Paw and Marjorie Maine as Ma make a great comedy team. And when the Chamber of Commerce gets interested in the Kettle family, lovely Pat Alfin, the secretary, is fascinated by these bewildering people. Pat is a fascinating personality herself. She always looks so trim. The way a perfect secretary should. But uh, how about those sheer nylons she wears? Aren't they uh, a bit extravagant for every day? Oh, no, indeed. Even sheer nylons last amazingly long with gentle Lux Flakes care. It's a fact. Stockings washed with tiny diamonds of Lux last twice as long as those washed with a strong soap or rubbed with cake soap. I know that's true. Scientific strain tests prove it. The tiny Lux diamonds are wonderful. They bubble up into thick, billowy suds the minute water touches them. And the suds are so rich and creamy, they float out soil in a jiffy. Yet they're ever so gentle. Your hands tell you that. And here's more proof how safe they are for stockings. Over 90% of the makers of stockings recommend Lux Flakes. Now, our producer, William Keeley. Act two of Apartment for Peggy, starring Jean Crane as Peggy, William Holden as Jason, and Edmund Gwen as Professor Barnes. Three weeks from now, Professor Henry Barnes plans on being dead. But meanwhile, he's finding life suddenly active again. Much against his better judgment, he's turned over his attic to Peggy Taylor and her husband, Jason. Two days of chaos have hurtled by, and now the professor has ventured up the stairs to behold Peggy's handiwork. It's incredible. Simply incredible. Why, you've you've made a room out of it. It's... Oh, it's charming. Everything but the kitchen sink, Professor. Oh, uh, we have to go downstairs to do the dishes. That is, if you don't mind. Not at all. Not at all. I... Oh, I, I simply can't figure out you young people. Now, you're, you're ingenious. You're resourceful. And yet none of you seems to have any purpose. What's your goal? 
Well, my goal is uh, to become a teacher. Well, you don't have to say it as if you were learning to be a pickpocket. Yeah, but most people figure you're a teacher because you're not smart enough to be anything else. Oh. <laughs> well, when did, you, when did you first decide to teach? Oh, it was during the war, right after my ship was sunk. I was floating around the Pacific one day, asking myself how I could wind up 6,000 miles away from home, hanging onto a hunk of life raft. Mm-hmm. And I sort of figured that it all began with ignorance. And then it went from ignorance to suspicion. And from suspicion to hate. And from hate to war. But it all starts with ignorance. Well, right then and there, I promised a flock of seagulls that if I ever got out of that spot, I was going to... Well, I was going to do what I could. Well, I think that's rather a lofty ambition. Yeah. But the other day, I was reading a magazine down the drugstore. You know what it said? No. We spend more than twice as much money on liquor than we do on education. Oh, statistics, huh? Yeah, but these are on the level. You know, Professor, when we don't consider our kids as important as liquor, well, I begin to wonder. Yeah, but wondering is very important. It sometimes leads to a few of the answers. Well, the only answer is to do what you think is best, the best you can. That's why I want nine kids. Now, just a minute. I want to teach them to be decent and honest and and to understand the other fellows. Go on, baby. Well... I think too many of us just sit back and expect the kids to learn everything in school. But most of the time, that's too late. They're little heels already. Mm. Mm, Now, take those nine kids I'm going to have. Maybe seven of them will turn out to be horrible little beasts. But maybe two of them will be good. And like Pop used to say, maybe their kids and their kids' kids will be even better. And and my gosh, if it keeps snowballing like that, maybe someday it'll be just natural to be tolerant and kind and good. And how long do you think that'll take? And meantime, where's the money going to come from? You're looking for a fight. No, I'm looking for an answer. Okay, give me a half dollar and I'll show you. What do you want with a half dollar? Just give it to me. Okay. Here. All right. Now, I'm holding it right in front of your eye. Now, what do you see? I see my half dollar. Okay. Now, I'll go back a few feet. All right, now what do you see? The same half dollar. But what else? Well, I see you and Professor Barnes and the chair over there. That's exactly what I mean. Never hold money so close that you can't see anything else. If you do, you're a cooked goose. Gee, Pop, honest, I just don't know how to start thanking you for everything. Oh, no, no, no. I want to thank you. I've, I've learned quite a lot. Good night. Good night, Jason. Good night, Professor. Say, that um, half-dollar trick works all right. Oh, it's no trick. It's just common sense. Oh, no, no. It's a trick. Especially when you keep the half-dollar. <laughs> Come on, now. That's half of my allowance. Oh, a girl can't make a nickel around here. Incidentally, what do you really think of your new home? What do I think? Why, it's swell. Only... Only it's still just an attic. I want to give you so much more than this, Peggy. I've been thinking about Bill Dudley's letter and that job... I know you haven't, and I wish you'd stop. But, Peggy, it's going to be two more years before I get my master's degree. Two more years of attics and trailers... And each other. Oh, you always say the right thing at the wrong time. Here I am, all set to convince you, and... Well, it's over before I know it. Give me a kiss. Hey, you know you could stand a haircut? Okay, give me six fits and a kiss. Hmm. Come to think of it, your hair looks fine the way it is. Hello? This is Philip, Henry. Oh. I got your message. Yes. Yes, the drugstore just delivered the sleeping pills, Philip. Two miserable sleeping pills. And that's all you're going to get at one time. Have they been doing you any good? Yes, yes. But the druggist must think you're crazy, Philip. Two pills at a time. 
I don't care what the druggist thinks. I'm just not going to be a party to your insane idea of doing away with yourself. Well, well, may, may I have some more pills on Thursday? If you think you'll still need them. Oh, I shall, Philip, I shall. I'm trying to finish my book, and unless I get adequate sleep... All right, Henry, all right. Two more pills on Thursday. Oh, thank you, Philip. Bye. Oh, poor Philip. I hate so to deceive you. I'm saving the pills, Philip. Only two at a time, but... I'll have enough one of these days. Quite enough. Jason, he hit me. The baby just hit me again. Well, why didn't you call me? I did. Oh, oh gee, he stopped now. Oh, go to sleep, honey, please. <laughs> Incidentally, uh, you didn't take your pills, did you? Pills? Now, look, how much trouble is it just to take a simple little pill? I... I ran out of them yesterday, but don't worry, I'm not anemic. Well, the doctor said to get some more. Well, why didn't you? Well, I... I just forgot. How much they cost? Well, around five dollars, but the reason that I didn't... You didn't have the money, did you? Oh, stop looking so serious. Your allotment check will be here in a day or so, and then... Oh, it's no good, Peggy. It won't work. What are you talking about? It's time for me to stop this nonsense and get a job. But you've got a job, an important job. Wait, you're going to be a teacher. Yeah, and how am I doing it? By making you live in a place when guys on relief do better. Oh, darling, please. You're just tired. You bet I'm tired. Tired of feeling guilty. Tired of watching you make a dollar bill do the work of ten. It's not just the pills. Last month, we had to wait for my check before we could get your teeth fixed. And the month before that, we had to leave your shoes at the shoemakers for a week because we didn't have the money to pay for them. I haven't complained, have I? Oh, no, you haven't. You're wonderful, darling, and, and you deserve so much better than this. And I want to give you everything but that... But I've I... got everything. Everything I want. Oh, but don't you see what I'm talking about, Peggy? It's tough enough getting along with just the two of us, but when the baby comes, well... Well, it just won't work. Look, when we came back here to school last fall, I, I wanted to talk things over with you, but you, you were so happy that I just... Well, why don't you say it, Jason? You don't want the baby, is that it? Oh, Peggy, I didn't say that I... You didn't have to say it. Oh, Peggy, darling, please. I didn't mean it that way. Honest, I didn't. I... Go away. Just let me alone. Let me alone. don't understand chemistry, Jason. I, I simply fail to see where I you... I don't think it's going to matter now, Professor Collins. I'm going to quit school. I, in a few weeks, my wife's going to have a baby, and we're living in an attic, and we can't even she have it. Has been nagging you or something? No, sir. And you mean you're just quitting? I don't think that's quite fair, sir. I told you I'd try and get you that teaching job. It won't pay enough. It won't pay enough. <laughs> well, maybe it's just as well you do quit. Feeling the way you do, you wouldn't make a very good teacher. Excuse me, Professor. You have a Jason Taylor in your class? I'm Taylor. You want it right away, Taylor, at the hospital. Well, that's all right, Jason. No need to worry about her. But, uh, well, the baby came prematurely. The baby's dead. Dad. Philip, can he, uh, can he see Peggy now? In a little while, Henry. Oh. Maybe in about an hour. Oh. Huh. Well, uh, let's take a walk, Jason. 
picture or anything. Professor. Yes? Why? Why? I want to go home. Don't worry. They'll get rid of you just as soon as they can. That afternoon nurse. She's the worst of all. Oh. It's time for our pill. Have we had our lunch yet? Shall we brush our teeth now? They're mighty, but the way she talks, you think half of them belong to her. Well, I think you... I think you are getting better. <laughs> you know, you're an amazing girl, Peggy. I'm proud of you. Oh, no, Pop. I'm not really the courageous little woman you think I am. I tried that the first couple of days. It... It didn't work. Uh-huh. Locked everything up inside of me like a safety deposit box, and oh, I felt awful. Oh. Then Dr. Conway came in, and we we were talking about the baby, and he gave me a pinch, a real hard one, and made me cry. I bawled for two hours, almost floated out of here, but I felt good afterwards. Mm. I can think and talk about it now without getting all rich inside. Mm. Peggy, I... I don't know if it be of any consolation or not, but I want you to know that although you've lost a child... A life wasn't lost. It was merely exchange. Exchange? Yes. Yeah, that, that day we first met on that bench on the campus, remember? Uh, we were talking about... about a Mr. Hypothetical wanting to commit suicide. Uh-huh. Well, I want you to know, Peggy, that... I was Mr. Hypothetical. Oh, oh Pop! No. Oh, no. Now, 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 Peggy. Here, where's that box of tissues? I, I don't need any. Well, maybe you don't, but I do. I, 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 I. I... <laughs> now, I feel like one of those twice-born people Henry James wrote about. Through you and Jason, well, I've learned that despite all of my fancy degrees, I, I was never an educator. Only an instructor. Oh, now, wait a second. No, no, you wait a second. It's the same as that half dollar. I held up the book too closely. An educator isn't one who gives lectures and examinations, but someone who lights up dark places, and that can happen anywhere, and never too soon or too late. My hopes are your hopes now, Peggy. And with you and Jason to help me, I... Here I go again. Now, 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 now. Here, here, here. I've got a surprise for you. I'm going to move into the library, and you and Jason will have my room. I think we can fix it up so that you'll be... Uh... Oh, Pop. Pop, Jason's leaving tonight. Huh? He's going to Chicago to take that job. No. Oh, he still feels it's all his fault, is that it? I tried to explain... Oh, that's not it. He's just using the attic and the baby as an excuse. He's running away from himself, Pop. Mm. Oh, well, after all, he has a right to live his life the way he thinks it's best. His way may be right. I... I just don't know. Good afternoon. That's the nurse, Pop. That's the one. I'm sorry. I'll have to ask you to leave, sir. We've got to take our bus now. This'll be fun. Oh, uh, oh, nurse, do you think we can both get into that basin? Now, look here, Philip. Peggy's been home from the hospital for over a week. What's wrong with her? Why doesn't she get better? But she is better. Physically, she's fine. 
She misses her husband. What's he doing in Chicago? Selling used cars, working for some fellow called Careless Carson. Hello, hello, Dr. Conway. Look, it's a letter from Jason from Chicago. For heaven's sake, woman, don't scare me like that. Oh, it's a letter. Oh, Pop, it's wonderful. Look, a money order for $50, and, and he's found a cute little apartment, and his job gives him plenty of spare time so, so he can take some courses at night and get his credits just the same. Of course, it'll take a little longer that way, but you know that 41% of all GIs who... Well, my dear? Oh, I'm such a rotten liar. The letter's from Jason, all right, but, but not one word about coming back here. Oh, I wouldn't mind if only he were doing what he wants to do, but, oh, I know he's not. Well, I, I guess you can't expect miracles in a couple of weeks, can you? It'll all work out somehow. Peggy, it's time for me to pinch you again. <laughs> Peggy, Peggy. Right where you are, Henry. Better go. I've sat where I am too long. You tell Peggy I'll be back tonight. Tonight? But where are you going? To Careless Carson's used car lot. I'm going to Chicago. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. During the intermission before Act Three of Apartment for Peggy, I'd like to introduce our special guest, Kathleen Hughes, talented 20th Century Fox actress. Kathleen, I understand your training includes a study of wardrobe problems. Do you think that you could visualize a character from just seeing clothes for the part? I certainly do, Mr. Keeley. Clothes can express character just as much as a gesture or a hairdo. A perfect example is the difference in the negligees worn by the three girls in Letter to Three Wives. Let's see. Jean Crane plays a wholesome young girl not accustomed to luxury. So she wore a simple flower dressing But dress. not Linda Darnell, the ambitious gold digger. Hers is distinctly glamorous, I remember. What about Ann Southern, the career girl? A simple tailored robe was a perfect selection for her. But the wardrobe mistress told me that all three of the negligees worn in Letter to Three Wives had one thing in common that will interest Mr. Kennedy. All of them were luxable? That's right, Mr. Kennedy. Well, smart girls everywhere use Lux Flakes for pretty slips and nighties. So they're right in character, too. The negligees looked lovely all through the picture. Naturally. Gentle Lux Flakes care keeps Andy's color fresh and new looking three times as long. Tests prove it, you know. That's why it's foolish to risk wrong washing methods that may fade colors or weaken fabrics. Lux flakes seem especially easy to use these days. Aren't those tiny diamonds of Lux wonderful? The minute you turn on the water, the suds billow up in a flash. Thick, rich suds that last and last. Soil floats right out. In fact, these tiny diamonds of Lux remove soil which other types of suds can't. Leave things cleaner, fresher. They're so gentle, colors stay lovely far longer. No wonder makers of nice things recommend Lux Flakes 33 to 1. Thank you for coming tonight, Kathleen Hughes. It was nice being here. Here's our producer, William Keeley. The curtain rises on the third act of Apartment for Peggy, starring Jean Crane as Peggy, William Holden as Jason, and Edmund Gwen as Professor Barnes. pursuit of Jason, Professor Henry Barnes has gone to Chicago, specifically to a large used car lot filled with shining automobiles and banners bearing the name of 
Careless Carson. Hello, Jason. Oh, Professor Barnes. Oh, uh, how's Peggy? She's worried, Jason. Why haven't you sent for her? Oh, I, I will eventually, Professor. It's, it's just that right now, I, every time I think about her, I feel as guilty as well, if I... Is that why you haven't even telephoned? I keep seeing that attic and those stairs she had to climb a dozen times a day, and well, maybe if I'd been able to offer her a decent place to live in, it wouldn't have happened. No, no, no. Be honest, Jason. It's not the baby that makes you feel this way. You know, you and Peggy had some wonderful ideas. Sound ideas on how to live and what to live for. And they imposed a responsibility on you. And now you've deserted that responsibility. Isn't that why you feel guilty? Maybe. I I don't know. I had a talk with the dean, Jason. He said if you came back now, you could take makeup examinations, and if you passed them, you'd not only be reinstated, but the instructorship would be a certainty. Oh, even if I wanted to, I doubt whether I could pass that chemistry exam. As for teaching, I make more here in two months than I would in a year. Is that so important? Yes, I think so. Look, Professor, I've got a line on an apartment. Yes? It has four rooms. You can walk around in it. It's a place where a fellow can live with his wife without feeling that he's letting her down. Now, is it so wrong to want to feel that way? No. No, but I thought you once promised a flock of seagulls you were going to teach... And try to help people be more understanding. Sure, and lots of others made promises, too. When I got out of the service, there were millions of them. This time, it was going to be different. But why should the finger point only at me? Why is it my responsibility? Well, simply because you realize that it is a responsibility. Not enough people do. Yeah, but I think I've got a right to ask the same question everybody else is asking. What do I get out of it? Well, if you're a teacher, you'll be underpaid, taken advantage of, and be at the mercy of the trustees. If you adhere to the educational status quo, you'll be considered archaic. And if you have any progressive ideas, <laughs> there's no telling what they'll call you. You'll write a book or two which no one will read. And just when you're beginning to enjoy all this, you'll be retired. That's really something to look forward to. Yeah, but strangely enough, if you don't outlive your usefulness, you'll be happy. You'll leave a few people here and there through the years... A little more enlightened than when you met them. You'll feel that you've made a contribution. That's all you'll get out of it. And it's not enough. You know, I find it singularly curious, Jason, that if a doctor tells us that peanut shells are good for us, we eat them. If a chemist maintains that one gasoline is better than another, we use it. We are guided by experts on everything, from breakfast cereals to foreign policy, and yet, on the most important thing of all, how to live... We pay no attention. Now, ever since man began to think, great minds have been telling us that the pleasure in living is in helping, that happiness comes from a simple, useful, constructive life. But yet we call all this advice infantile, impractical, and hopelessly idealistic. Oh, Taylor. Don't you see, Jason? Hey, Taylor you... just came in, Taylor. Do as you're finished, he wants to see you. I'm finished now. I'll be right there. Goodbye, Professor. Thanks for dropping over. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, Jason. Yes, I... Goodbye. And then I remembered your mentioning the University of Chicago, Peggy. So I suggested it to Jason. He thought it was a wonderful idea. He went straight over there and... You're not a very good liar yourself, Pop. No. No. Yes, I'm not. Oh, don't worry. It isn't as if I hadn't expected it. I... 
I wrote my sister, Pop. I'm going to go stay with her for oh, a no, while. Oh, no, 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 Peggy, you can't. You can't do that. This is your home now as well as mine. You must stay. I'm sorry, Pop, but there are just too many memories around here. Gee, the way I feel, I get on your nerves, something fierce. Nope, I better get and get quick or I'll go batty. I'm practically all packed. I thought I'd catch that 7 o'clock train in the morning. Oh, very well, dear. If you think that's best. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Pop. I, well, there's just nothing else to do. Haven, and, well, I quit my job, and I'm here. Oh, I'm so glad to see you, Jason. Oh, thank you. Anyway, Professor Barnes told me the dean said I could take some makeup exams. Of course, of course. We have talked to all your professors, Jason. You came back with Henry? Oh, no, no. He doesn't know I'm here. Neither does my wife. Oh, well, then we must tell him right away. Oh, I, I'd rather you didn't, sir. I don't know whether I can pass the exams, and I'd rather not raise her hopes too now, much. Now, come along with me, Jason. I will call all the other professors and arrange for your examinations immediately. You'll give me the physics exam yourself, Of you? course, of course. Come, Jason, come, come. I'm doing the best I can, Professor Paven. It's just the way you keep looking over my shoulder. Oh, you will forgive me for distracting you, Jason. That's too bad. Now you will have to figure that last part all over again. But why? Oh. Oh, I see what you mean. Where's that eraser? Uh, how could I have made a mistake like that? Yeah, that is better. You receive 86%. I have it all figured. That is all, Jason. Into Professor Jensen's office now. Mathematics, Jason. Mathematics. Professor Jensen, do I pass mathematics? I'm not so correcting your paper. Now, let me see. I'm trying the period of vibration in both spheres. Uh, yes, this is correct, Jason. Absolutely correct. But, Professor, uh, that's the question you're marking correct. My answer's on the other side. Young man, I have been correcting examination papers for 22 years. Kindly allow me to mark it my own way. Hey, Jason, Jason, shh. I think you are going to pass. You receive 84%. I have it all figured. But here, uh, you better check it yourself. I was never very good at adding. Later, Professor Jensen, later. <laughs> Jason now goes to chemistry. Professor Collins is ready in the laboratory. That's the one that really worries me. Well, let's go. Well, don't take all day with the tailor. Nervous, tailor? Just leave it there. It's a new setup over here. Try it again. Yes, sir. You were in the Navy, weren't you, Taylor? Yes, sir. What sort of duty? I was on the Vincennes, so she went down, and then later... Well, that was a little tough. I was on the boss. Oh? Oh, I guess that wasn't exactly a picnic, either. Nothing worthwhile ever is. Yes, sir, I... I'm just beginning to find that out. <laughs> Don't worry, son. Now, finish that formula. You're doing fine. I am. I'll be in Professor Pavin's office. Just telephone when you're finished. Oh, incidentally, a couple of your friends are there, too. Dr. Conway and Professor Bell. Of course, we're doing the right thing. Well, Jason has to pass. For his sake, for Peggy's sake, for Henry's sake. Besides, it isn't as if he didn't know his subjects. He does know them. Yeah. Under normal conditions, he would pass easily. So we just have to help him. Uh, that's probably Taylor now. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Hello. Professor Payton, is Dr. Conway there? Uh, Dr. Conway? Yes, yes, he's here. It's for you, Doctor. Hello? This is Peggy, Doctor. Peggy? Oh, something terrible has happened. It's it hot, Doctor. Professor Barnes. He swallowed a bottle of sleeping pills. Sleeping pills? Henry? I don't know how many there were, but he 
I'll be right over, Peggy. How many, how many did he take? Oh, this is awful. He took 16. Good heavens. How do you know? I gave them to him. You? But why, Philip? Why? If I hadn't, he would have gotten them someplace else. You gave him sleeping pills, knowing Henry's talked of suicide. But don't just stand there. He may be dead. No, Edward, I doubt it. I gave him those pills, yes, but only two at a time. Didn't it occur to you that he might save them up? Yes, I was positive he was doing just that. But you kept on prescribing them. Oh, you fool, you blithering fool. Edward, they were not sleeping pills. But, 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 what kind of pills were they, then? Harmless, Edward. A little annoying, maybe, but harmless. Keep walking, Pop. Please. Oh, please. Oh, oh, I feel awful. Lift your legs up. Walk around the room. Faster. Oh, but all I want to do is... No, walk. sir, I had enough trouble getting oh. you down here. If you won't walk, at least drink some more coffee. Oh, but you poured seven cups down me already. Oh, oh, Peggy, please. Oh, I'm not sleepy. Just let me go upstairs. Drink this coffee. <laughs> Mrs. Lyman, make another pot. Oh, no, 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 not her coffee, Peggy. No, 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 I'd rather die, really. I... Come on, Pop, we've got to walk. Oh. Peggy? Jason... Jason, you're back home. Hello, darling. Oh, Jason, I love you, but we haven't got time for that oh. sort of thing now. Pop's taken a whole bottle of sleeping pills. What? Well, what'd you do that for? Because you two left me, that's why. Well, how do you like that? So you're going to pick up your toys and go home, huh? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh. You're slowing down, Pop, faster. Oh, where's Dr. Conway? Professor, this morning you told me about my responsibilities. What about yours? You've got what millions of people are begging for. Education, knowledge... And you're trying to destroy it all with a few rotten sleeping pills. Well, you're no better than... Stop talking, Jason. Make him walk. If he doesn't keep walking, you'll die. Now, look here, Professor. I can think of an awful lot of fellows that would have liked to have had the choice that you have now. Oh. Maybe your son was one of them. But what are you going to do? Walk oh. or go to sleep? Oh, I, I, I'll walk. I'll walk. Get going, then. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Let's out his legs up. Get faster. Faster. Now run. Where's the patient? Oh, he's better, thank goodness. Peggy took him upstairs. Hey, what is this? Then we just brought our musical instruments along, Jason. You see, we have a string quartet, and Professor Barnes is our viola player. And we have not practiced for a long time. Well, let's get set up, gentlemen. Oh, wait a minute. I don't get it. Doesn't he have to go to the hospital? Oh, those sleeping pills were nothing more than... Well... Uh-oh. That's a fine trick to play on that nice old guy. Incidentally, Jason, you will start regular classes tomorrow morning. You have passed chemistry, too. I did. Oh, gosh, wait till I tell Jason, Peggy. Jason, Jason, do you know what? Oh, good evening. Uh, hello, Jason, baby. I'm going to have a baby. Your what? I, well, I, I mean, I've been thinking it all over, and I think we should have one. And then eight more, God willing. And do you know something? 27% of all women... Who yeah, have... yeah, yeah. We know all about it. What's the matter with everybody? Can't you wait for your viola player? Oh, hello. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, that's for you, Dr. Philip Conway. I'm filing charges against you in the morning for malpractice of medicine. <laughs> Better make it the next day, Henry. You'll be more comfortable by then. Oh, oh Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Start Joshua, again, gentlemen. Ruth, oh, from the beginning. Oh. Stars 
will return for their curtain calls in a moment. Libby, our audience really knows a bargain. Thousands of orders are pouring in for those original Rogers silver plate teaspoons we offered last week. Well, no wonder. I've seen the spoons. They have the beauty and feel of sterling. You can still get three original Rogers silver plate teaspoons for only 50 cents with the top from a box of Lux Flakes. But hurry. The spoons are silver plate and made by the world's largest silversmiths. The same extra heavy silver plate that Lux Flakes offered before the war. I love the design. The simple wheat motif goes beautifully with any other silver. Here's the address. For every set of three teaspoons, mail 50 cents and the top from a box of Lux Flakes to Lux, Box 31, Wallingford, Connecticut. With your spoons, you'll get an order blank so you can send for matching pieces. Imagine, you can build a service for six, 39 pieces for only $10.25 with Lux Flakes box tops. I'll repeat that address. Send 50 cents with a Lux Flakes box top to Lux, Box 31, Wallingford, Connecticut. This offer is good only in the continental United States, including Alaska and Hawaii, and is subject to all local and state regulations prohibited by law in Montana. Back to our producer, Mr. William Keeling. And here, once again, are the stars of a charming play. Three charming people, Jean Crane, William Holden, and Edmund Gwen. coincidence that since playing a young mother so beautifully in Apartment for Peggy, you've given a similar performance in real life. Yes, Mr. Keeley. I have a brand new son, just six weeks old. I hope you don't take all your roles so seriously, Jeannie. Well, not quite. Mr. Gwen, we're all very happy that you got out of the hospital in time to join us tonight. <laughs> so am I. Even though I achieved no such interesting results as you did, my dear. <laughs> Tell me, what did you name the young man? We call him Michael Anthony, which his big brother has revised to Mike. You have quite a whole household now, Jean. Yes, indeed. And with two small children, Bill, I must say that I find Lux Flakes indispensable. The same thing goes at our house, Bill. What's your play for next week? It's one of the big hits of the year on the screen. First, I'll tell you the star, because he'll be making his first appearance on this stage next Monday night. It's John Wayne. And with him, we'll have Joanne Drew and Walter Brennan. The play is a roaring action drama of the Old West, the popular Red River. And it's great entertainment for everyone in the family. We'll all enjoy that, Bill. Night. Good night, night and thank you all. Beaver Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Flakes... Join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater presents John Wayne, Joanne Drew, and Walter Brennan in Red River. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. Gene Crane appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of Down to the Sea and Ships, starring Richard Widmark and Lionel Barrymore. Edmund Gwen appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture Little Women, starring June Allison and Peter Lawford. William Holden will soon be seen in Paramount's Technicolor production Streets of Laredo. 
heard in tonight's cast were Griff Barnett as Dr. Conway, Alan Reed as Bell, Bill Johnstone as Collins, Howard McNear as Paven, Herbert Butterfield as Jensen, and Eddie Marr, Eleanor Audley, Gil Stratton Jr., and David Light. Our play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Louis Silvers. And this is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to join us again next Monday night to hear John Wayne, Joanne Drew, and Walter Brennan in Red River. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.